Last time on Brindlewood Bay, our mavens split up to continue their investigation. Maxine attempts to question Chin in the galley, and Hyacinth schools Yella at the bar. They then eavesdrop on a suspicious conversation and attempt to squeeze Isabel for more information. Our mavens make headway on the case until the arrival of Sheriff Dalrymple. I am your keeper, Jen De La Vega. Welcome back to Brindlewood Bay. Let's cut to the opening credits. Fade again into drone camera footage, slowly circling an island, not unlike your Nantuckets or Martha's Vineyards. Vashon Island, you know the place. Interspersed with visuals of landmarks, we get snapshots of our mavens in the midst of their cozy activity. So, I'd love for you guys to please reintroduce the name of your character and what are they doing in the opening credits? Go for it, Shannon. So, Maxine Mabel is doing an exercise VHS in her living room, a little jazzercise number, and she is stepping, you zoom in on her feet that are in full um, leg warmers as she steps up onto a step-up block, and the camera zooms up, and as it pans up, we see her also with the blow dryer in, in hand, as she seems to be blow drying her hair as she exercises because she's a multitasker. Next, uh, our mavens are in lab coats and goggles. They're spying on a scientist who is at a microscope. You're trying to take photos of the lab from a crack of the closet door. Both of you, please roll a d6. Two. Four. Hyacinth sneezes and fails at hiding it. Maxine puts her hands on her hips and shakes her head at you. Maxine forgot to turn off the flash on your giant-ass camera, and the scientist looks up. But at the same time, the light above flickers. He gets up on a stool to tap on it and check. You sneak out. Love it. Dijon, please introduce your character. <clears throat> yeah, Hyacinth Carter is... We, we don't see anything but her face illuminated by a candle. And then suddenly the lights flicker on, but they're on the ground. Uh, <gasps> and they are like Klieg lights because Hyacinth is in a cave and she's doing pottery down there because <laughs> she wants to be closer to the earth. And there's at least, like, two other people there who are also doing it with her. So it's clear it's, like, a group thing. Maybe she's leading. <laughs> it's unclear, but she's she's making a pot. She's making the lid to a pot, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I love that Hyacinth travels with her pottery. <laughs> she is also now typing furiously on a typewriter. Maxine grabs the sheet from it and scans it, giving it an enthusiastic thumbs up. Maxine then bursts into the office of the Brindlewood Bay Bulletin editor, Kenny Crumpus, to find him dead. She lifts his arm and it falls heavily on the desk. Hyacinth walks up from behind and sighs. They shrug and pose. <laughs> um, maybe Shannon, give me one more like group scene. Um, okay. Hyacinth and uh, Maxine are in an ice cream shop. Maxine has strawberry. Hyacinth has pistachio. And they go to take a lick... But then the pistachio uh, ball of ice cream falls off, and underneath they find a bloody fingerprint. Uh-oh. <gasps> um, and finally, they're on Maxine's patio with piles of mystery books and cups of tea. Earl Grey for Maxine and English breakfast for Hyacinth. You clink your teacups and sip. Oh. 
Nothing like finding a clue in your ice cream. Gross. Creepy. Uh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so you both are looking over the railing from the sun deck. Sheriff Dalrymple has just arrived with Edgar on a Coast Guard boat. How do you react to this? Oh. Well, he'd come sooner or later. Isaac is finishing her drink. She's not. She's chilling. Maxine is very upset. He always just has to stick his nose everywhere. I understand he's the police chief, but really. <laughs> Hyacinth is, is enjoying the day. You know, she knows. She's, like, distracted. She she sees the sheriff pull up. He's like, oh, what a nice man, before remembering what happened. Because <laughs> that, that drink was so good, it just took her out of the action entirely. <laughs> that makes sense. She's like, oh, Maxine, Maxine. <laughs> Didn't <sighs> see you there. Our time is running out. The sheriff's here. Play cool, play cool. It'll be fine. We know how to handle Sheriff Dalrymple. Suddenly, you hear some clanking above you. A little to the left of where you are standing, a fold-out balcony opens on the floor above, outward like a hatch. A body wearing a sundress and a gigantic navy blue hat falls into the water with a splash in front of everyone. <gasps> You hear screams from the guests below, and Sheriff Dalrymple forgets himself and says over the megaphone, Not again. And you hear Edgar behind him. Told you. Bad luck. And he points up at you, Maxine. The sheriff follows his finger and shakes his head and sighs. He lowers the megaphone to his side. What do you do next? Another victim. Did you get a good ID on, on that woman as she fell? Me? No. I thought you were talking to the sheriff. No, we should go see if she's okay. <sighs> but let's maybe take the long way around the sheriff. I have a feeling he's going to be trying to talk to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sheriff Dalrymple is annoyed to arrive, you know, when a body has fallen from the balcony. You really didn't expect this. Uh, he quickly grabs a life preserver and shoves Edgar to the side of the boat to help him uh, try to retrieve this person. So you two are trying to leave the sun deck and kind of just go around the long way. Yeah, to get a closer look. Very quietly. Yeah, you take those uh, stairs down past the back of the boat and you're going to loop around toward the bow where the outdoor bar is. Uh, but everyone else is, has been gathered in the dining room and you just hear commotion because people were so excited to leave. So in the dining room, this person has been pulled out of the water, is now on a tarp below the stage next to the maroon sheet where Aster's body is. The camera is looking up from the floor at Sheriff Dalrymple, who has his hands on his hips and is shaking his head. He takes his hat off in an initial honoring of the dead and holds it at his chest for a moment and closes his eyes. He then turns to hit Edgar with the hat. Why didn't you tell me there was a dead body? Now it looks like there are two. And the other guests start to murmur. They're all trying to look at what's happening. Where are you at this moment? Um, I think we're like peering in the dining room, right? To kind of see this all go down. But maybe from where is the bar is it near the dining room or is it on a different floor? 
The bar is on the same floor as the dining room. It's just at the front of the boat, and uh, there are some shades. So maybe you're peeking into a porthole. Yeah. Can we see from there who... Can we ID the body? Can we tell who it is? No, you cannot, unless you get closer. I think Hyacinth is just going to take a look at Maxine and then just stride in. Just walk in through the dance area and toward the dining table. Awesome. Say... Hello, Sheriff. Ah, why does this always happen when I see you two? Why is the crime rate so high in Brindlewood Bay? You tell me. It's not our problem. You're the sheriff. Um, Chin and Yele are pushing through the crowd. Well, uh, who is that? Who is it? I I don't know who it is. Edgar is scratching his head. Well, sir, to be honest, I, I didn't tell you because I forgot. I was mostly worried about the deviled egg here. Sweet darling boat. Uh, Maxine wants to take a closer look. So she does her signature move that she does in these situations. Everyone stand back. I played a doctor on TV. Let me get a closer look. Make sure that this woman is actually dead. Now, ma'am, Sheriff Donable's trying to get in your way. I know you're not a real doctor. Tell that to the ratings. <laughs> and she kneels down next to the body and, like, opens up her medical bag, looking for Amazing. a clue of who this person is. So she's using, again, her um, medical bag move. Great. You are meddling and searching for a clue. Because you're using the medical bag, you get advantage. So please roll me 3d6 and add the top two. Oh. Okay, I got 10, the top two together. That's a 10. That's great. You get another clue. <laughs> so when you examine the body, it is wet and face down. It is this familiar um, sundress that you saw uh, sneaking away from you earlier that day. Uh, it has that big, giant navy hat. You turn the body over with some effort to reveal Zoa. <gasps> what? Blue in the face with a cord of a satellite phone wrapped tightly around his neck. His face is shocked and it's stuck that way with his eyes wide open. <gasps> uh, Hyacinth runs over and uh, puts an arm around Maxine. The ship captain is, is dead. I know you didn't call dibs, but I'm sure it's <laughs> tough. Um, and uh, can you roll a d12 for your actual clue? Yes. Seven. Seven. Okay. This one might come into play later, but you do have a clue coming to you. So yes, Hyacinth has run over. Maxine is shocked. What do you do now? Well, we better solve this mystery, Hyacinth, before a third body appears. Chin pushes past you and says, who is it? Who is it? Uh, Zoa? Why is he in a dress? Wait, whose dress is that? It looks familiar. Yes, I saw that dress running through the hallway. You mean a, per- a person? You didn't see the, the dress. Well, yes, I mean, I had, I had assumed it wasn't Zoa, uh, but now, now I'm thinking it's Zoa. And yes, there were legs attached to the dress. I, I needed to check. You know, I... Stranger things have happened in Brindlewood Bay. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Ghosts are abound. The sheriff looks (laughs) down at the 
cord that is wrapped around Zoa's neck. This was no accident. And he, he whistles really loudly and puts his hands up in the air. All right, everyone, I'm sorry to say this is a crime scene and none of you are allowed to leave the boat or this room until we get this sorted. <sighs> and you hear a lot of, uh, you know, disagreement. Isabel and Genevieve also push to the front uh, of the gathering crowd. It's all of you standing around these bodies. Isabel is being, dra- you know, she's dragging her three friends because she's very drunk. What do you, what do you, what do you mean we can't leave? I want to go home. And Genevieve is sort of uh, uh, whimpering. She's really scared. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen two dead bodies before. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. And she goes to continue whimpering into your voluminous hair, Maxine. Oh, um, did someone else give you a blowout? And she just looks a little hurt and starts pouting. Uh, uh, listen, uh, no, no, it's, you. it's, it's just the, the humidity, right, Maxine? Just the humidity. Yes, just the humidity. Listen, everyone, you can't leave because one of you is a murderer. <gasps> Now, now, the sheriff is trying to calm everyone down. Now, now, we don't know who is a murderer. Don't go, you know, accusing everyone on this boat. That's right. And and if you have any questions, you should direct them at Sheriff Dalrinkle. Maxine doing this uh, to try to kind of create a diversion for so the two of them can leave. Oh, what? Uh, 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 oh, oh, damn it. And uh, he just starts answering questions of people crowding him. It's, you know, 20, 23 guests who are scared and, and hungry and tired, and they all want to go home. So they bombard him. Let's uh, cut to commercial. Does this happen to you? You're waiting at the bus stop. It's a beautiful sunny day, but all of a sudden, it starts pouring. Like a localized thunderstorm. And you look up, and you look to your left and to your right, and you realize the municipal budget has not put a roof on this bus stop. You're getting poured on. And that's why I'm running for city council. My name is Dollar Store Paisley. And I am here to work for you. Unlike other candidates who are going to leave you in the rain. Paisley Dollarsworth is here to serve you and change the budget. Vote for me. If you don't, you'll get wet. <laughs> I can see, I can see the pins now. If you don't, you'll get wet. everyone, it's Jen De La Vega. When I'm not keeping your Brindlewood mysteries at bay, I'm studying up sea creatures for Vivian Lakewood to summon on Fun City. I follow all kinds of aquariums, marine biologists, deep water exploration, and folklore bestiaries. That's 
That's why I'm so excited about the Book of Extinction, a new way to experience the world of biology and conservation through the lens of Dungeons and Dragons. Our friends at Mage Hand Press have partnered with the Center of Biological Diversity to tell real stories of extinct animals as D&D monsters. I love this project because it's not just another D&D supplement. It has important takeaways about conservation biology. They focused on animals who suffered anthropogenic extinction, extinction caused by interaction with humans. They believe that if human behavior caused these extinctions, then our behavior can safeguard the future for other species. Make the games at your table a little wilder with Florida's fairy shrimp, golden toads, Japanese river otters, and sea minks. What? Tabletop role-playing and learning about the natural world? Sign me up. To learn more about the Book of Extinction, visit and back their Kickstarter project at deadmonstermanual.com. Again, that's deadmonstermanual, all one word, dot com. Um, okay, we are back from commercial. It's night. And the storm clouds that were previously in the distance are now approaching. It starts to drizzle, unfortunately. Um, Yele has rolled up his sleeves, not caring about his tattoos anymore or professionalism. He says, well, does anybody need a drink? And he has commandeered a kitchen cart to make a makeshift bar inside the dining room. He's mixing a large pitcher of cocktail with a wooden spoon. And, uh, you know, the other 23 guests are squished against the walls in an awkward U-shape uh, in line to ask questions of Sheriff Dalrymple. So where are you going? Uh, did, did we know where the satellite phone came from? No. I think then we go to the bridge because that's the most likely location of a satellite phone. Yeah, that's a good idea. So um, Hyacinth books it towards the bridge. And Maxine follows. You travel two stories up to the captain's quarters slash bridge. And upon entering the door that does not have a door, you hear a faint beeping. Huh. What's that sound? Sounds like beeping. What makes a beep? Hmm. On a ship? Maxine is looking around. Uh, is there any like flashing light or anything like that that might indicate a beep? Yeah, but uh, you look and there is nothing that is working. Remember, everything had been pulled out of the controls for the ship. Yeah. Huh. So we, we, we really can't tell. There's no indication where the beeping is coming from. So when you look at the, the control panel, there is nothing happening there because it's all broken. You can walk further into the captain's quarters, which has um, a tiny like dinette set, a Murphy bed, and now an opened out balcony hatch that had opened earlier. Isis goes to investigate uh, deeper in the, the quarters. So you're looking around and... The fold-out balcony has a sort of broken sun chair on it. Like, it looks definitely like somebody had messed with it. And there seems to be, like, a flashing bar next to the door that says engaged. So somebody had opened this thing out. This is a luxury yacht. It has some funny features, like a helicopter pad on the sun deck. And this is one of the other luxury features, which is a sort of a pop-up balcony, if you ever wanted it. Like, if you wanted to just sit out on the third floor, this is where you would do it. And it only has room for two people. 
Well, Hyacinth is going to obviously see if the balcony is safe and then go out there. Yeah, okay, so this is kind of like a night move. You're doing something a little risky. It's a little stormy out, and it's like a high height. It's like three stories off the bottom of the boat. So when you do something risky, this is our, I think this is our first night move, isn't it? Sure. Name what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve. I think Hyacinth is probably, you know, afraid the balcony is, you know, unsteady given what happened earlier. Um, so I guess... yeah. She's afraid of falling if things aren't uh, perfectly working. So, yeah, let's uh, roll 2d6 and see what happens. Uh, six. <laughs> oh, six. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's been great playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, yeah, so you step out onto the balcony and combination of it being a little flimsy from the struggle. It looks like somebody had shoved somebody onto it. It buckles under your weight and you slip and fall and you start sliding off of the balcony. Oh gosh! Maxine runs over upon hearing this and um, she is looking around quick. Is there any like rope or like a bed sheet or something like that, a blanket? There are definitely bed sheets. She grabs the bed sheet and she kind of like throws it out to Hyacinth, like grab, grab on. Yeah, Hyacinth is holding onto a railing. She's trying to pull herself back up, uh, and she she takes one hand off of the railing and is is gonna grab for the uh, the bed sheet. Um, I'm gonna compound this actually. Uh, Maxine is also doing a night move, which is also risky. <laughs> <laughs> What are you afraid is going to happen if you fail the roll? If I fail the roll, then I think Hyacinth slips and falls. Yeah, even worse, she takes you with her. Oh, yeah, that's probably pretty bad. (laughs) All right, uh, Shannon, please roll me 2d6 to see how Maxine fares in this situation. And I got an eight. Is eight bad? I forget what's a pass. Eight is not bad. On a seven to nine, you do what you intended to do, or you hold steady, and there is a little bit of a complication or cost. Okay. So so you successfully throw the sheet to Hyacinth, and she catches it. Uh, Hyacinth, what are you going to do? I mean, I think Hyacinth is going to try and pull herself up using both the sheet and also this railing. Maxine, you are also pulling from your end, but as Hyacinth makes it back up over the threshold, you you know, you've pulled a little too hard and you uh, fall backwards and hit your head on the wall. Oh! Now you have, um, you sort of have a little bit of a concussive uh, symptom. Like you feel dizzy and sleepy. Oh! Hyacinth, are you oh, okay? Maxine? Oh. oh, thank you. How are you? Did you? Oh. oh, what a day. Certainly what a day. Ah, oh, I'm going to have a big bump on the back of my head. Oh, we should get that checked. Not until we solve these murders. We will not let Zoa's death be in vain. Well, who could have killed him up here? Um, so you're both are on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Hyacinth is going to look for a place where a phone would plug in, maybe. Um, Hyacinth, please roll. Or do you want to use anything in your cozy little place? Not yet. 
Okay, we only have two more episodes. So. <laughs> I know. You gotta I know. use that gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're gonna be searching for a clue. So this is a meddling move. Um, please roll me two d six and add. Let's see. Which skill is it? Dominant Crisine, Your reason score. Oh hell yeah! Hold on. Give me one second. <laughs> that is fourteen. Oh. Two sixes plus two. Oh my oh, god, yeah. that is a resounding success. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Let's go, Hyacinth. Wow, okay, so you, I owe you both two clues yes. and a void clue. Let's do your regular clue first. So you can roll me a d12. That's a 10. So you're looking around and you don't see a jack for a satellite phone um but you do see this weird ass mount of a badger on the wall like it's a stuffed badger and it has like a fresh dead fish in its mouth that is your clue uh hyacinth gets up and goes to the badger and then tries to like take it off the wall you find the phone jack (laughs) knew this badger was suspicious Badgers don't eat fresh fish. I don't know if that's actually true or not. <laughs> um, so you're holding... So this is your second void clue, actually. The fish in its mouth is slightly alive. It's definitely dying. And a strange purple ooze starts to seep from its beady black eyes. Uh, Hyacinth drops the fish. Maxine! Whew. Drops with a flop on the ground. Messy flop. Look at... Look at- Look at the eye. Oh, I think it's going to make me ill if I look at it. Oh, okay. It's it, don't look at Don't look at it. Don't look at it. If it's okay. going to make you ill, don't look at it. It's uh, it's purple. There's purple stuff coming. I don't I you know, I don't know much about badgers, but I do know about fish. True. I know that not a lot of them are purple on the inside. Very strange indeed. But what was behind it? A phone jack. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 That's that's more important. Yeah! Yeah! If we found the phone jack, um, Hyacinth gets up to examine the phone jack to see, you know, if there's any other things that she could find out. Um, you don't see anything complicated. It's just, you know, it proves that there was a communication device on the boat. But what you hear, this is specifically for Maxine's previous clue that she scored. You hear two voices right below the balcony, mm. out on the sun deck. And what are they saying? It's very unclear. And you can tell that Genevieve and Isabel are arguing. That is your clue. Hmm. Uh, does Hyacinth hear this as well? No, but if you do move toward the balcony again... No, it's... it's- She's not going to do that. <laughs> Hyacinth. Yes? Hyacinth. I just heard what, no doubt in my mind, was Genevieve and Isabel in some sort of an argument. Now, what would those two be arguing about? I didn't think Air? they were suspects before, but we cannot rule them out. Maybe they're talking about blowouts. Perhaps. I do love a good blowout argument. <laughs> Let's uh, cut to another commercial. 
Do you have hair? I do. Hey, me too. Does it grow? Not as fast as I want it to. Ugh, I would give anything for my hair to grow long. Well, have I got a product for you. Midnight Wigs. We're a local boutique that loves making wigs at midnight. Oh, and these are really long. Ugh, it's the middle of the night and my hair's too short. Thank God for Midnight (laughs) Wigs. I didn't know what I did before without Midnight Wigs. Daytime, nighttime, it's always the right time for a Midnight Wig. Okay, so you both are, we're coming back and you both are in the captain's quarters. You've just survived an ordeal and discovered, yes, there was a form of communication on the boat and Zoa might have lied about it. (sighs) Listen, Hyacinth, I think we should split up. I want to dig a little bit deeper into why Genevieve and Isabel may be in a fight. So I'm going to talk to Genevieve and see if I can get anything out of her. Good idea. I will. <sighs> I'm going to go find. I'm going to go to the lower decks. I'm going to go see if there's anything we may have missed down there. Down to the engineering room. Sure. Great. Cool. So you both split up. You are coming from the third floor. I think, Maxine, you're going to see Genevieve leaving the sun deck and going back down into the dining room. Do you follow her? Yes. Maxine follows her, but on the way, she's going to, like, splash some of the... Can she? Does she have any, like, seawater nearby or something like that that she's splashing her hair? Yes, it's raining. Oh, beautiful. So you're, you're, beautiful. Yeah, so she's you're walking just, down. It's raining. So she's just going to yeah. run towards um, Genevieve. Great. Oh, uh, Maxine, what's happening? Ge- Genevieve, quick. Will you come with me to the bathroom? I'm having a hair emergency. Look at it. Oh, this is a job for me. And she gleefully takes your hand and goes to the bathroom. Uh, and so she sits you down on that very luxurious maroon chaise lounge. Um, and she's plugging in the Dyson hair dryer with what were those three features again? There was a crimping feature. There was a regular blowout feature, and there was also, um, there's a feature for curls, obviously. Blow drying into curls, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's very happily, like, testing the hair dryer and grabbing a few combs. She's holding a few in her hands like a professional, and she's like, so what can I do for you? <sighs> As you can see, it's a bit of a mess. If you could blow it out and kind of put it in an updo, I'm kind of busy solving this crime and keeps getting in my face. Oh, solving the crime? She starts teasing your hair. Why would you want to solve this crime? Oh, you know, I just hate to think that, you know, Zoa would die and... There's no one to inherit his will. Inherit his will? And she gets closer to you as she's brushing your hair. Inherit his will? Uh-huh. I, sorry, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, why? What were you under the impression that 
Were you, did you not believe that Zoa had some wealth? Well, I, I had no idea about his personal life. I, you know, I just, I like doing people's hair. I love coming to this brunch cruise. I didn't really get to know anybody, you know, except for a few people from town. Oh, I was under the impression that you knew the crew quite well. I, I, I thought you were close to Aster as well. He turns on the hairdryer at full blast. She's like, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> <sighs> and she's just smiling and putting your hair up like you asked. And, and Maxine's like shouting over the hairdryer. And, and I've also heard that Isabel does these cruises a lot as well. Genevieve sort of tugs at your hair a little hard uh, and then relaxes and just keeps uh, doing what she's doing, pretending not to hear you. I know she can be a little bit of a lush, drinks a bit much on these cruises, huh? And she shuts off the hairdryer. You know, I've been meaning to talk to her about that. Uh, she really doesn't like it when I bring it up. Oh, so you guys talk a lot, a little bit close, you two? Uh, and she turns the hairdryer on back again and just ignores you. <laughs> um, so while she's doing this, did she bring like her person or anything like that with her? Absolutely did. So while she's at, is she kind of like focused on my hair? I kind of want to glance over at her purse and see if it's like kind of open at all or if I can see anything sticking out of it. Yeah, so you're sitting on the chaise lounge. She's standing directly in front of you, and her purse, which is a very large um, bucket bag, is uh, right next to her feet. Ah, great. Maxine's uh, bag is also near her feet, and she goes, Oh, just a moment. I'm going to grab my travel mug out of my bag. And she kind of goes down underneath the seat, and she's... She's rifling through her bag, but in the same effect, she's kind of like has her hands kind of in both bags, but she's kind of like just being distracting by like making a lot of noise in her own bag. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, you are meddling and looking for a clue. Yes. Okay. So uh, just roll 2d6 and we're going to add, let's try composure skill. I got a six. <laughs> Plus your composure? Yeah, my composure oh, is no. a zero. Oh, no. Okay, so there is no hit. You don't really have a complication on this, actually. Um, mm. What happens is uh, Genevieve finishes uh, putting your hair in an updo, and she snatches her bag very quickly, and she says, Well, I think I need some fresh air. Uh, <laughs> you look fabulous, darling. And then she blows you a kiss and leaves the bathroom. <sighs> You look in the mirror and you look fabulous. Well, at least I got a hairdo out of all of that. Hopefully Hyacinth is a little bit more successful than I am. And we're going to cut to the engineering room uh, where Hyacinth is slowly making her way down the, the creaky stairs. Hyacinth is uh, making her way down the stairs, secluded area. She thinks she's alone. She doesn't know. Um, but this is when she's going to use um, her maven move, which is Fox Mulder. All right. This is the first time we're using this. Very exciting. So um, this is this is a this is an interesting maven move. 
Um, But basically someone connected to the conspiracy is helping you behind the scenes. So you have a secret meeting with an informant who's always shrouded in darkness and unidentifiable, um, at least until like some other stuff happens. But uh, Jen can explain that later. So, (laughs) yeah. So um, we're in the engineering room and you are in the middle of the room. You notice that Edgar's horseshoe is still on the ground. There's like some dripping sounds. It sounds like there's some like oozing happening, like oil, oily, slick sounds. And it's eerily quiet until you hear a few footsteps behind you on the metal stairs. A person totally cloaked in like a dark sort of fedora and a dark cape-like situation, like a wraparound cape or poncho. There we go. More stylish. That's more Brindlewood Bay, like a dark poncho and wearing a Greek porcelain mask. You see this person and they knowingly sort of nod at you and uh, they hand you a folio. Uh, 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 who, who? Heisen takes the folio. <laughs> The person puts a finger up to their mask and goes, shh. Uh, Thank you? And you hear sort of like a wind chimey, like sort of an impossible wind chime effect because you don't see where that could be hanging. (laughs) But they quietly turn around and walk back up the stairs, seemingly to vanish. So what do you do? You have a folio now. I mean, I think Heist opens the folio and sees what's inside. It is photos of seagulls. And they, as you flip through them, they get closer and closer and closer, like uncomfortably close. Like somebody had been taking like nature style photographs from the side of the boat. And they get so close that you recognize the trash can. That they are in. Like uh, where, where this person was taking the photos from? Mm-hmm. So that trash can is located on the bar. Okay. Sounds good. I think um, Hyacinth is going to go find Maxine and show her what she's, what she's gotten. Uh, she's, she's pretty freaked out, but, you know, holding it together. The drink is wearing off. She's thinking about getting another one. <laughs> um. Maxine is in the bathroom looking fabulous. So Maxine runs out to try to uh, find Hyacinth. Yeah, Hyacinth is, uh, she's made it out. She's um, probably just passing the bathroom on her way to the bar. <sighs> so, do I look any different? Oh, oh, um, uh, yeah, you, um, you look uh, uh, less wet. Mid- midnight wig? Oh, no, not this time. No midnight wig this time. Hyacinth, you seem quite rattled. Is everything okay? Hyacinth just hands over the folder. (gasps) Did you have a visit from one of those visits again? I've never seen anything like it. This person showed up, told me to be quiet, and handed this over. But look at it. Ah, beautiful photos. Wait, what's that? I recognize that. Where have I seen that garbage pail before? It's on the deck. I'm headed there now. (gasps) Good idea. Let's head there now. 
Yeah, you pass by uh, the dining room where Sheriff Dalrymple is still, like, getting bombarded by angry guests. Why didn't we leave? I want to go home. I was supposed to make dinner for my family. I have to feed my dog. So you make your way down uh, the hallway, the outdoor hallway. It's raining, it's drizzling, and you make it to the outdoor bar. Yele is inside. You can see him through the window because he's made a makeshift bar, and he's uh, stirring a big pitcher of sangria. Um, But so his bar is unattended, and the trash can is tied up neatly next to it. Isinth makes a beeline for the can, opens it up. And... Inside, this is a, a cool thing that happens with the Fox Mulder move, is once you discover that void clue, it turns into a regular clue for the current mystery. So you open up the very stinky trash that has, like, stale alcohol smell, um, the bloody carcasses of the seagulls, and now a rusted-over machete... <laughs> with bits of metal on it. Isinth picks up the machete uh, with, like, two fingers. She's like, what? How did this get in here? Ah, why would they need a machete at the bar? I don't think they were chopping limes. Those would be some big limes. <laughs> uh, just then, you hear a knock on the glass window that connects the dining room and the bar. And Sheriff Dalrymple is standing there with his hands on his hips and everybody in the dining room is looking at you. And uh, he just kind of looks at you like, gotcha. I know. Doesn't she look fabulous? Look at Maxine. It is. I do rock an updo, I must say. He slaps his forehead. (laughs) And we are now... Leaving Brindlewood Bay. (laughs) You are now leaving Brindlewood Bay. Thanks for listening. Uh, You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. My name is Bijan Steven. I play Hyacinth Carter on Brindlewood Bay. You can find me online um, at Bijan Steven on uh, Twitter uh, and Twitch, but Instagram is different. You can find that with Google. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Maxine Mabel on Brindlewood Bay. You can find me at Shodell. This episode was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was produced by me, Jen De La Vega, and edited and sound designed by Sam Grant. Mixed and mastered by Mike Ragnetta. Pixel Riffs is the bribe hidden in a suitcase chained to the bottom of the bay. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, Kit William, and Kestrel. to the Brindlewood Bay Historical Society walking tour. Please enter the exhibit number labeled in red on your trailhead marker. In the summer of 1877, the crew of the whaler ship Deep Reaver set out from Brindlewood Bay. They returned with the strangest whale anyone had ever seen. 
It had tentacle-like legs and rows of oily black eyes. They sold its parts all over the world, and the proceeds were used to turn Brindlewood Bay into the prosperous community it is today. You are standing at the popular lookout point, where families would wave goodbye to the whaler crews as they left to hunt more prey. Please proceed to the next Brindlewood Bay Historical Society walking tour trailhead marker.